1: Museum of Comedy website. Oh, please do come. Jen's all right as well.
2: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites.
1: Jenny Ryan. Correct. What's my name? Lucy Porter. Correct. What are we doing? We're making a podcast all about quizzing. Correct. What's it called? Fingers on Buzzers. Correct.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of
1: Fingers on Buzzers.
0: Buzzers. I knew where you were going with that. I could join in. (laughs) Uh, So today we are joined by a dream and a delight, a brilliant author Beth Mori. Oh yes, I'm looking forward to this. And our listeners will love it because Beth is going to give us some insight into the process of creating quiz and game shows because she's now a very successful author but her background is in television quizzing. Mm,
1: and it's it's harder than you think to get them even near a pilot.
0: Yes, there's a lot of failure, there's a lot of heartache in this episode. So Lots of drinking. And yeah, all of that. So let's hear from Beth. <music> We are very excited to be joined by a wonderful woman, a brilliant author, and just an all-round good egg. It's Beth Morrie! Hello! Hello, lovely. Now, you are doing an absolute... Uh, doing a storm, is that do it? it? Yeah, she's do it, she's doing a doing right storm. storm. <laughs> you're doing incredibly well with all your books. <laughs> Sunday Times best-selling author of yeah. Saving Missy and M and Me, which are being published in America under different titles because they do that, don't they?
3: I uh, know, they have very um, different ideas about what constitutes a good title in the US. It's very confusing. Yeah, longer, generally. So, saying
0: yeah, Missy yeah. is called The Love Story of Missy Carmichael, just so people know it's a love story, presumably. <laughs>
3: yes, indeed. Uh, and
0: then M and Me is published as Delphine Jones Takes a Chance.
3: I'm yes, um, they like names in America. They really like to feature Full mm. names. Um, yeah, they like to know who they're dealing with. Yeah, apparently that was a trend that we went through in oh. the, the UK, and now I've come out the other side, but they're still in it.
1: Oh, very that, good. That sounds about right, though, doesn't it? Yeah. We do. We do slightly behind us. <laughs>
3: we're very cutting edge. Um, and now, the reason
0: we've got you on is to talk to you about quizzing because
1: yeah.
0: you have a background in, like, you were involved in television and specifically in game show and quiz show weren't you
3: I was I was like the secret queen of quiz (gasps) Um, (laughs) in a previous life I was very much a quizzer or rather a quiz show designer Mm. Um, I went through that time in my life and it was very interesting (laughs) so who did you work for and when and which shows were you involved with So I went into television almost straight out of university, completely by accident. Um, I wanted to work in comedy, um, but I mean, obviously, it's really difficult to get into. But I was applying for everything and I got taken on by someone who uh, wanted a development team to come up with a replacement for Noel's house party.
0: Of course. Um, as if you could ever replace Noel's house party, but as if
3: you could. But that is that is the traditional route into television, I believe. <laughs> Isn't it? What a weird job to get out of university, coming up with the successor to Noel's house party. So my first job was for Noel Edmonds, and oh. he wasn't around much, um, but yeah essentially (laughs) I mean I can't tell you any good stories about him really because I barely met him the only thing the only time I did meet him is he was a sort of early adopter of a zoom technology so he liked meeting like on face to face in video calls and he had some new system of, of video calls back in what was that 2000 wow 99 so and it's not as good as zoom but um, you know, I suppose it, it was an early version. That's, to us then, Zoom was an ice lolly, wasn't it? We had no idea. We but... <laughs> had no idea what was coming. Yeah, Noel did. Noel saw the future. Yeah, similar to Cosmos ordering. <laughs> yeah, He knew what was coming. So that was my first job, working for Noel Edmonds coming up with that a new house party but I'd barely got started when he resigned from the BBC so I sort of was left twiddling my thumbs mm. um, so that didn't come to anything but I'd got the bug then and I was like oh well I've started in this and it's not gone well so I wanted to, to do I wanted to do it really well I wanted to get the hang of it and I worked with some producers there who were like watch telly what have you watched tell me about what you watched and why you liked it and so I started getting into quiz shows and game shows and I just was determined that my next job was going to be in that field. And so that's how I started out. So what were you watching and what were you liking? Oh, my God, at the time. At the time, honestly, Jonathan Creek. Yeah, um, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> which is a good yeah. show, obviously. <laughs> um He'd be good in a pub
1: quiz, I think, Jonathan Creek, the character. Oh, he'd be amazing. He'd be very good, wouldn't he?
3: Yeah. I mean, I'm going as... to put together a
1: fictional pub quiz team.
3: Oh, now that's a <laughs> that's great, a great idea. idea.
1: There you go.
0: Jessica
3: Fletcher.
1: It's, it's basically all your detectives, it isn't, is, it? isn't it? It is, not it its not it? Yeah.
3: Detective Well, I'd have that guy from Medium, you know, the one who can cold read you. Yes, an ace in a quiz. Yeah.
1: Mm. Well, he did just get the answers straight from the quizmaster.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd yeah. have that bloody Richard Osman, wouldn't I? Yes. I mean, we'd uh, all have. Him. I may resent him hugely for his success, but he'd be good <laughs> on a quiz team. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, you never know. He's, he's he's got it all
1: written down in front of him, hasn't he? On the on the yeah, old the massive cheat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, and have, he wrote the questions. I'd have Ken Bruce just so oh. I could sit and share a packet of crisps with yeah, pink Yeah, getting drunk. <laughs> anyway, we should probably <laughs> move on. Let's move on. The restraining is still in place. So so you were watching your telly and you were coming up with quiz ideas. And so tell us about some of the formats that you developed.
3: While I was at the BBC, I was responsible for kind of looking at their outside formats that were coming in and working out if anyone, any of them were worth developing mm-hmm. on behalf of the BBC. And none of them were. (laughs) Um, We looked at so much. It was so rare for outside formats to come in. Um, Mm -hmm. So mostly it was about just passing things over. Mm -hmm. But I did get involved in a couple of shows there. Um, I designed a lottery show called Everyone's a Winner. And I honestly can't remember the slightest thing about it because the thing that was overwhelming when I worked in the BBC Entertainment Department was we were so drunk all the time. <laughs> ah! <laughs> it was just endless. Yeah. There was, there's a bar there and there were just parties all the time <laughs> and like people lying under their desks. And Oh my
0: God, can you remember who presented Everyone's a
3: Winner at
1: least? No. Since I came in home.
3: But see. I do remember I went to a... Rec- occasionally you got asked to go to recordings, not the good recordings, like Strictly. Nobody could no. go to those. But if there was yeah. a recording where there wasn't so many people, then you got sort of press-ganged. And I went into a show that was presented by uh, Vernon Kay and Tess Daly. Um, and it was like a... It was called something like It Takes Two. Something mm-hmm. sort of generic like that. And it was like a thing where couples did a singing show and again my grasp of the format is really very hazy because I was incredibly ill I had a really bad cold and it was quite a fearsome executive producer who'd got us in and she shouted at us beforehand saying you guys in the front row you are not to make a fool of yourselves you're not to disgrace me you so much as breathe in the wrong way and you'll be out and I thought (laughs) I'm gonna cough I'm gonna sneeze and cough no and I can't stop myself, so I got really drunk in the bar because I thought it would sort of burn off. <laughs> and Bless time, you, bear. Burn off the drum. Uh, by the optimum. time I got to the recording, I was high as a kite. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, no.
0: And so that was, and that was like a kind <laughs> of singing game show. Um, but, um, I've just looked up Everyone's a Winner, and if this right. rings any bells, Noel Edmonds and Jenny Falconer.
1: Oh, no, Any,
3: that's, that sounds very no, of time. That will be a different show, <laughs> and mine was something like National Lottery Colon Everyone's, everyone's a Winner. A winner. Oh, so I, okay. I reckon there'd be more. We used to call things the same titles all the time.
0: Well, and Everyone's a Winner. I mean, I'm sure it's that has been title, used around it? the world. No, National Lottery, Everyone's a Winner. TV special 2006.
3: No, that, would been, a... that would have been after my time, so it would have been an earlier incarnation. Oh, okay. Maybe it was a successful format. In it the year. must be. Do you know what? I really think it, they did a whole
0: day, a live celebration for the National Lottery, for National Lottery Day. Um, yeah, you need to go back and uh, demand and a bit do more a bonus. money. Do a bit yeah. more for that. So, National Lottery, being drunk at the BBC, um,
3: where did that lead you next? Did you ever sober um, up? <laughs> well, my part. <laughs> the main boss that I worked for moved to RDF television they're Ah. the makers of faking it yes um and she moved and she said do you want to come with me and I was quite scared but I thought I know if I stay at the BBC they'll just fire me or they won't renew my contract I mean Mm. nobody knew who I was Mm -hmm. and we all sort of left at the same time everyone at the BBC left and moved to RDF Mm. in sort of one big exodus um And then when I got to RDF, it was like I'd kind of learnt a bit by then. And I got a bit better at it after that. So I designed lots of things at um, RDF. Um, But I guess my first game show that I designed there of note was called The Great Pretender. And that was uh, Chris Tarrant's first game show after Millionaire.
0: Mm -hmm. So So
3: people were expecting a lot. (laughs) Yes, at the time that felt really big. Yes. and I was convinced it would make my fortunes. And it's a really clever show. It's so clever. It it just didn't really take off.
0: Isn't yeah. that weird? So you still stand by the format, but there was something about it that just didn't quite timing.
3: happen. Timing can be
1: wrong sometimes. Possibly.
3: Mm. Um. And probably the fact that it was slightly overcomplicated as a format, that you can't sell it very quickly. Story mm. of my life, that. But it's it sort of... It's a complicated format to understand. Essentially, it's a game show version, quiz version of Mafia, where you're sort of having to guess who the winner is. So you're Mm -hmm. watching people answer questions and you're not being told whether they're right or not. So it's up to you to judge who's doing well. And then Mm -hmm. at the end, well, a sort of midway point. Somebody gets told, you're the winner. Lucy, you're the winner. And now the only way that you can hold on to the money is if no one guesses that you're the winner. So good! It's, it's so it was, good. It was so it was a mix of quiz and psychological. Yeah, yeah. but it was probably a little bit complicated. If mm. I'm honest. Um, anyway, it I think it only ran for one series. So, but then you know many great
0: quiz shows have only run for one series, and in hindsight, you think you
1: know they weren't given a fair crack of the whip. Yeah,
3: yeah, and there's yeah. always the possibility that things get resurrected. Mm. I know. Well, it would be nice if ITV would consider it. I mean, I probably wouldn't get any money or any recognition indeed, but, um, you know, it deserved more. It would more.
0: give you a sense of closure, quite possibly. Yes,
4: <laughs> yes. yes. And the one that so got
3: away.
0: The Great Pretender, yeah. okay, so we've established what went wrong there, more or less, but uh, that wasn't the end of your quiz development, was No,
3: it? I learnt my lesson. Mm. So I realised that when you're designing quizzes, you have to be able to say it in a sentence. Yes, the quiz where? yes. And so I thought, right, I'm gonna come up with with one that can be said in a sentence. And I came up with the quiz you play twice. And then I, I didn't know what that was, but I would come up with the, mm-hmm. the premise. And then I designed, with that premise in mind, I designed a show called Perfect Recall, which was a quiz you play twice. You play 20 questions. And at the end, you've amassed a bank of answers. And then the bank of answers stay the same, but the questions change. Ah, lovely. Great. So you're looking at the bank of answers and then you're trying to remember what you've said and fit one of those answers to the next question. Mm. Um, And that was Natty, as the formats go. And then uh, it got taken up by Channel 4 and they said, we want a national treasure to present it. And I said, it has to be Sir Terry of Wogan. Quite right too. yes. But I said it as a joke. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> I didn't think we'd get him. I was yes. like, well, if you want a national treasure, it has to be Tessa. Um, and then we we did. We got him. And he and it was, became I mean, Terry Wogan's perfect recall, didn't it? They even
0: put his name in the yes, title. Yes. So
3: it, it? originally it was total recall, like the film, and then they couldn't get the rights for that because we <laughs> sued or something. So it became perfect recall, which is just a bit shitter. And then... Terry agreed to present it, so it became Terry Wogan's Perfect Recall, which is a bit of a gobful, mm. but it still did quite well. Yeah.
0: Did all right. I mean, and it's such a good lesson for our listeners, isn't it? If you're trying to come up with something, I think that's such a key point. You just have to be able to explain it in a sentence. I
3: think what I increasingly realised working in ideas because I kind of branched out after that is that it applies to everything not just mm-hmm. TV but anything in life you have mm-hmm. to be able to explain it really quickly yeah. and in fact I think it's someone like Stephen Hawking said about physics that if anybody comes up with the big, the big idea for physics it has to be able to be explained to anyone and anyone can understand it and mm-hmm. I just think that applies you have to be able to say it quickly and easily otherwise mm-hmm. it's not going to go anywhere
1: yeah, if if you're going to tune in and watch something, you don't want to have to put in a lot of effort up front to be yes. able to enjoy it.
3: No, you want to get it. You
1: need to start enjoying it and then you might, like University Challenge. Yeah. You're like, there's going to be questions.
3: Oh, they're hard questions, but I'm enjoying <laughs> <Yes>. them. <laughs> I love University Challenge. Yes. I only ever get about two right in an episode, but I still love it.
0: I know it's extraordinary isn't it that those kind of very hard quizzes endure because you know you would think oh people don't want to be made to feel stupid but people do want to be challenged yeah
3: well you want to feel clever for the one question you do get right Mm. and in fact I was involved at an early stage with Only Connect oh Um, wow very early on um I went to a run-through um because we worked with a sister company who were developing it and I went to a run-through and I was predictably really shit in the run-through. I mean, I couldn't... I don't think I made a single connection. And it shows what I know about television that I was thinking, God, this is going to go nowhere. It's way (laughs) too complicated. And at the end, it was like being really polite, going, oh, what a great format. Yeah, this is great. Thinking, yeah, that's not going to go anywhere. So, obviously, I don't know anything at all.
0: (laughs) Well, I think that's the lesson about television, is no one really knows anything, do they? Because the things that take off... Sometimes yeah, it absolutely, absolutely baffling. baffling.
3: Yeah. Yes, that's true. But, I mean, I do... Well, I mean, once it went on air, of course, I sort of saw the... I still can't get any of the answers right, but I can see the, the sort of glory of it.
0: So, yes. Yeah. And, you know, the presenter and the graphics and all of the... You know, the, there is so much that goes into a quiz or a game show, isn't there? That you So know,
3: much. So, I mean, the, the levels of... Of thought and care and endless run-throughs, and um, we had this this uh, format term that we used in development called quizzle sticks, which was for if you've if you come across a point in the format that doesn't quite work, and you put in another rule on top to try and accommodate that. That. I mean, it just means it, it. it's not very good is the, is the yeah. answer. But we were forever trying to add quizzle sticks and then realising, no, if you have to add quizzle sticks, then it doesn't work. But the, the level of detail and hard work that goes into designing a format is, you know, it's really backbreaking because mm-hmm. it's hard. It's hard.
0: And were you involved in, you know, graphics and music and the choices of all those things and set or were you just pure format?
3: Not really in that side of things. I suppose if I'd had designs on that bit of production that I I may have been able to push, but I was into, you know, hence Terry Wogan. I was really into the idea of casting, of of the person who hosted it, having a particular kind of gravitas and tone that suited the format. And I still think that's really important. Mm -hmm. But the rest of it, I was quite happy to leave to the experts. Um, And again, when you get that, look and that theme tune and it's just right I mean I I may not be able to do it myself but I can recognize it in you know other Mm. in other people and I very much admire the people who are doing that
0: It is an absolute team effort, isn't it? quiz, I mean, and there's all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that people, you know, people never know about, like Mm. the question setters and verifiers and, you know, there's there is a whole world behind the scenes, which we always try and sort of illuminate. And it's been the
1: curtain a little.
0: Yeah. And I think it's been brilliant talking to you, Beth, because that has given us a real insight into what it's like designing
1: and um, what it was like at the BBC yes. in the early 2000s. <laughs> uh,
0: what it's like designing quiz shows whilst drunk.
1: I mean, that's how we tend to do it anyway, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I'm
3: sure it's not like, when I when I was working in development later, and I don't know whether it's because like by that point I was nearly 40 and, you know, I was mm. just at a different time in my life. But we were in the early years of development when it just got started and just being professionalised. And so it was a bunch of 20-somethings who didn't know what the hell they were doing, working (laughs) it all out. And I guess by the time development had come on a lot, there were a lot more older people doing it and probably i don't know maybe they're still at the bbc getting really drunk maybe i'm completely i'd like to think so there's been a few
0: shows they've done recently that that would explain
3: (laughs) there is a a small
1: corner of bbc which is forever the bar
3: Well, that, that makes me feel quite warm inside. Yes, a long way <laughs> to really continue.
0: Well, obviously, you know, you have changed career with great success. Um, but do you ever watch any quiz shows now or is that sort of a part of your life you've left behind?
3: To a certain extent it is um, Every now and then I do watch University Challenge Because um, I am. I sort of imagine In the same way that when I go to the hairdressers I I think that when I come out I'm going to be a different person um, When I watch University Challenge I sort of always imagine that somehow I'm just going to like Become this really really clever person As I watch it And then just suddenly turn over this new leaf Where I can answer all the questions Yeah. And I always enter into it in that way But you know it doesn't happen um, And I do like Pointless Even yeah. though, again, I'm massively jealous Because <laughs> we designed that sh- the exact same show At the same time that Endemol designed it And I- I'm not sure that we called it the same thing I think we had a different title, but the format was exactly the same, and wow. we pitched it at exactly the same time. And they won. And so, like, Ouch. but for a quirk of fate, I could be Richard Osman, oh, and gosh. I could be selling millions of books as well instead. <laughs> uh, well, you're selling a
0: lot of books. Let's not, you know, not to be sniffed out No, exactly. And is he really happy? I mean, yes, he is very, yeah, he very is, happy. But, yeah. uh, but let, let us gloss over that. So it's it's been... a clever format. It's a clever format, and your one would have been great too. But you know, sliding doors moments. Not yeah, hard. and we are now all going to go and
1: try and find out what that lottery program was. Yeah. <laughs> oh my
3: God, I wish I could remember it. But I mean, I have found out what the
1: drunk. what the Vernon K program was. Oh, what was that? It was just the two of us. That's it. Yes. Yes, and it was a celebrity us. and sort of a. Pro singer Doing yeah, strictly, duets
3: But for singing Yeah
1: right. mm. um, And one of the judges Was Stuart Copeland From the police Gosh Was it? Wow I mean That's amazing Come on
3: There might have been Another judge That I auditioned I certainly used to Audition judges Occasionally for the Beatles Yeah, well the, the judges Were Stuart Copeland Trevor Nelson And
1: CC uh, Sammy Who, Ronce Was my vocal coach When I did oh, a show oh, Called wow. Let's Sing
3: a Ronce for Comic Relief Oh. A lot of
1: those Kind of Saturday night shows Oh, I, and know, I can't take credit for lovely. any of
3: those, but um, I did audition judges in the past, so you never know. Lulu, she was a judge. I love Lulu. No, I love Lulu. No, well, we in love fact, Lulu. I saw her backstage that night and <gasps> she looked fucking good. Oh,
2: <laughs>
1: God. I know. I want to know, what is that secret formula? because mm. she's. It, I
3: think she, it, she buried something at a crossroads at, at midnight. <laughs> She looked amazing. I think it's really, really judicious Botox, like really, really mm, careful. Yeah. She looked incredible. Or just natural
0: Scottish water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. That's yeah. What yeah, really that's it. Is. Now, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you um, very much for We shall... Me. Re- reading all your books and buying way more of those than we do of Richard Osman. I've, I've
1: yes, bought zero you. Richard Osman books, so... Uh, oh, that's
3: great. Yeah. Well, I'd like to outsell him two to one. Thank you. <laughs> we'll make that happen. Okay. So, Beth, before we let you go, we have a little quiz uh,
0: that I have compiled about literary women because you are a literary woman literary um so i'm gonna give you some quotes they are by women writers and you just have to tell me which woman writer it is Okay. okay i'm nervous so, this is a 20th century, early 20th century novelist. Mrs. Ramsey did in her own heart infinitely prefer boobies to clever men who wrote dissertations. Oh,
3: it's uh, good f- work, Mrs. Ramsey.
0: Yes. So, uh, this is um, what did
3: you say, early 20th century? Uh, yes. So, boobies. the beast.
0: Yeah, I, I just liked it because it had the word boobies, boobies. Yes. in it, I'll be honest. Um, so the novel in which this is housed was published in 1927. Oh, yeah, okay. And it's a novel that centres on the Ramsey family and their visits to the Isle of Skye in Scotland between 1910
3: and 1920. The mm. Ramsey family. Well, if it's... Mm, I mean, I would think like a Mitford or someone like that, but boobies is is... Is flummoxing me. (laughs) Uh, It may help you to know that the
0: cover art was done by Vanessa Bell. Oh yeah.
3: So would that be Virginia Woolf? It would. It's (laughs) from To the Lighthouse.
0: She used the word boobies. I'm and, shocked. I mean, I love it. I absolutely love it. Okay, this one. Again, we're in the, um, the later part of the 20th century. Um, and this is from a book of essays by a woman who was famous for writing romantic comedies and romantic comedy films. And the quote is, oh, how I regret not having worn a bikini for the entire year I was 26. If anyone young is reading this, go right this minute, put on a bikini and don't take it off until you're 34. <laughs> Who could have said that? I'll give that to, uh, to you again, Beth. Um, was it someone like Nora Ephron? It was indeed yeah. Nora Ephron. <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> um, here's one we're going a bit further back in time. Um this is from a very famous novel. I hate to hear you talk about all women as if they were fine ladies instead of rational creatures. None of us want to be in calm waters all our lives. And that is from a novel that was written or published, in fact, in the year. Oh, it's just been adapted on
3: Netflix. Oh, yeah. Oh, hang on then. I know what it is.
0: And published in 1817.
3: Would it be Persuasion? Persuasion. It would be
0: persuasion.
3: Have you seen the trailer? <laughs> it, it's had it's had some interesting
1: reviews. Oh, they've they've tr- they've tried to cross Jane Austen with the uh, Fleabag. Fleabag. Oh God! I mean, that sounds yes. awful. And, first, um, yeah, it. yeah,
2: yeah. Poor
0: Jane Austen. I'm going to give you a poem now. Oh. Okay. Uh, or a fragment of pretty women wonder where my secret lies. I'm not cute or built to suit a fashion model size, but when I start to tell them, they think I'm telling lies. I say it's in the reach of my arms, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I'm a woman, phenomenally, phenomenal woman. That's me. I mean it's such a true.
1: great poem. <laughs> so <laughs> Um, I, I have a I have a book, which is by the side of my bed, which is called um, The Poetry Pharmacy. So you can look up any condition you go in that. through and and I've find a poem that's going to help you deal with it. Tonight. It's so good. And that is one of them. And it's, you know, just amazing and free self-esteem.
0: Yes. Any um, ideas, Beth, or do you want to hand it
3: over? Well, you know, don't you? <laughs>
1: uh. um, I think so. I've had some. I hope, I hope I get
3: the right one. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'd guess someone may be like Pam Ayers, but I don't know. I just don't know. She is very much the American Pam She's Ayers. the American, yeah. Is it? Is it Maya Angelou? It is Maya Angelou, <laughs> yes. The American Pam as we
0: <laughs> <laughs> And finally, uh, this one is from a young adult novel of the 20th century, mm-hmm. and the quote is simply, we must, we must, we must increase our busts. Yes.
3: Oh yes, that I loved this book. It just makes me think of Judy Bloom. Yes, and you're right to do so.
0: It is. (laughs) Are you there,
3: God, it's me, Margaret. Absolutely. Is it from that? Oh my God, I love that book. I read a lot of hers, but yeah, it just suddenly comes back to you. Yeah, a classic. Oh well,
0: well done. That was a very good showing. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you, Beth Murray. It's been such a pleasure. We love you. Thank you very much. That was lovely. So now we have a listener quiz. Amanda, may we invite you in? I'd love to come in. Thank you. Like a
4: vampire, <laughs> I've been invited in. There's no, no getting a window. Of me now. No. And she's hungry. And so is Laura Ings, who has written us a lovely quiz. Really great um, set of questions, which. I'm just gonna launch into and there's a link to all of them which we'll get to. But Ooh. question number one. What is unique about Mickey Mouse's start on the Hollywood Walk of Fame?
0: Oh, this is a great question. Thank you, Laura. Oh, hello. Um Right, Ooh. okay. So size, shape, <laughs> way it's signed. I'm doing my thinking out loud here. Yeah, I don't know if yeah, we're no, sort no, of we, competing. we seem to be approaching Should
1: we this collaborate? As a team? Yeah, let's do it. Um is it? Oh, is it is it bigger than everyone else's? Because he's massive. He's 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 Hollywood himself, isn't he, Mr. <laughs> is mouse? It, I'm now picturing him as like King
0: Kong, bestriding is it, the. Uh, is it the location? It could be. It could be height, or you know, it, is it very very small, like a mouse? Yeah, maybe, and it's like Isn't in the wall, anyone? like Jerry's mouse hole <laughs> in Tom and no, Jerry. That would, be, that
1: would be appropriate for Jerry. That would be appropriate but for I mean, Jerry. I mouse, don't but... know. Mickey Mouse is kind of he strides about that mm. Disney World place, doesn't he?
0: Different color. Different color. It could be gold. Uh, I mean, what are they? This sort of concretey color. I, I mean,
4: like, should, should I let you know that you? <sighs> yeah, going I think the listeners days. have suffered enough. Well, I th- it's the only cartoon character on the wall. Oh, uh, really? Oh, yes. I can't believe that. Shrek. God, imagine how jealous Minnie would be. Or oh, it's the typical story of the woman being written out. not oh, it, yeah, yeah. it? it? Patriarchy, damn you! Yeah. Thanks, Mickey. <laughs> so, to question two: Which yeah. children's comic included the lesser-known characters Pansy Potter, Little Plum, Lord Snooty, and Baby Face Finlayson? It's the B now, that yeah, Lord for Snooty, sure. lovely, yeah, yeah absolutely. Question number three. Which of William Blake's songs of experience poems is the sister poem to The Lamb from Songs of Innocence? Uh like
1: tiger? That's one of his, isn't it? Well, it is one of his. It, 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 that would be like
4: a contrast, wouldn't it, to a, to a lamb? The lamb and the tiger. Tiger, tiger, burning bright. Yeah, the tiger, absolutely. You're going great guns here, guys. We've only got... No, no we got past... <laughs> The Mickey Mouse. Mouse. <laughs> I love the way that you were like, is it just a little tiny bit in a wall? <laughs> <laughs> that would be Mickey. great tourist yeah, that attraction. That would be brilliant, wouldn't it? That yeah. would be brilliant. Yeah. That would be the nine and a half weeks, I was going to say, the platform nine and three quarters I meant. Yes. Of yes. Kings yes. Cross, yeah. <laughs> um, question number four, moving swiftly on. Who was the Archbishop of Canterbury from... 1583 to 1604, known for his ostentatious habits and controversial views. Mickey Mouse. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Is it? Well, it's an animal theme then, maybe. Uh,
4: oh.
1: Well,
4: no, it's a bee, you no. Know. Or well, we have a question about Mickey Mouse. Yeah, it's not an animal theme. I'm oh, going to yeah. send you. I'm going to. I'm going to give you a clue that not to go down that the yeah, animal okay. path. Exactly. Yeah. Um.
1: Um. What were those years again, please?
4: 1583 to 1604.
1: Wow, so it's. Uh, it's after your, your Thomas More type of era. Mm. It's post. It's. it's What was um, happening there? It Elizabeth the Elizabeth I. Yes. Who did she have? Was it Lord Melchett <laughs> Yes.
0: Casting our minds back Stephen to where uh, we.
4: Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, it was Lord Darling. No, it was. <laughs> John Whitgift.
0: Oh, the Whitgift Centre. Oh, where's that? Croydon. Oh oh, no, Croydon. I mean, the minute no. you say wit gift I'm like, it's, it's, it's the theme center. Croydon.
4: <laughs> we'll get to that. So question oh! number five Question number five. What flower from one of the two largest families of flowering plants with the Latin name Bloody Hell Nora? What have you done That's, to me? <laughs> That's not um, Latin. <laughs> thel me Thelmetro sorry i've had a lot of wine (laughs) found in southwest australia and new zealand represents rarity and beauty because of its unusual color oh um like black rose
1: white no like chrysanthemum or something because it was i think What this
0: is australian i think it might be if it's croydon related i think it might be the
1: blue orchid what, what's the blue orchid's Croydon's
0: Croydon? premier nightclub <gasps> of the 80s and 90s, this, and the scene of so many of my is oh, there teenage heartbreaks? Found in, in the borough of Croydon. So, let's recap. So, definitely the Wick Gift Centre, yeah. definitely the blue orchid, tiger, tiger. tiger. I mean, there's <laughs> oh. lots of places with the tiger, tiger, but none like Croydon's. I tell you, that the was. Vino one of the and the Beano Records Beano Records was one of the best record shops of all
1: time or like Mickey's Uh, Mickey Minnie's or something I'm trying to
0: think what Mickey Mouse or Mickey mmm that's the only one that I'm not 100% sure the cartoon it says here oh the cartoon (laughs) oh Oh, my goodness the cartoon one of the best ever live music venues this has just is is, is
4: Laura from Croydon by any chance well also Laura says that John Whitgift is also buried in Croydon hence the name of the shopping centre
0: oh there you go and there's a school called Whitgift School this is well. you would have hung out. Oh, in your youth. this is just absolute. I'm, I'm going to be weeping now thinking about all my, my wasted youth. Oh, that's brilliant. Thank Lovely. you so, so much, Laura. That was brilliant, and you, oh, you've, you've taken me on a trip down memory lane, and you provided a brilliant quiz. So thank you so much. Well, thank you so much to Beth Mori for a fantastic interview, yes. and to Laura for probably my favorite ever listener quiz I'm going to be partial here because it was about Croydon and it mentioned the blue orchid <laughs> so, uh.
1: she's she's both weeping and salivating at oh the same time which goodness. is a remarkable feat really? de-hydrating right in front i am
0: really I mean everything's oozing out of me because I'm just so moved so uh, that was lovely thank you and thank you for listening thank you Amanda thank you Jenny Thank you Lucy You get thanked enough I don't need to be thanked I get to remember the blue orchid None of you were there We'll never know You'll never know what happened And we will see you next time For another episode of Things and (laughs) buzzes Fings and (laughs) Burses. They used
1: to play that in the Blue it? Oh, God, I bet they did. Jeez. <laughs> fingers on Buzzers starred Lucy Porter and Jenny Ryan and was produced by Amanda Redman with music by Kevin MacLeod and Justin Edwards. Email quiz at fingersonbuzzers.com and tweet at fingersbuzzers. Thanks for listening and don't forget to join us next time for more Fingers on Buzzers! <laughs>